Welcome to the Tech Ranch. Now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. We were talking a little bit about politics, and I'd mentioned the shortage of diesel fuel. According to national stores, we're down to 21, 22 days of supply left because of what's been going on with the Strategic Reserve and all kinds of stuff. And it's a little daunting because the world stops for most people when there's no diesel because that's how we ship. That's, That's our connectivity to supply chain and we know what happened with the supply chain earlier this year so a lot of focus has been taken off of other places but if you go back a month and a half two months ago leading into this political cycle there was a lot of discussion on climate change and that was a push and now it's fallen by the wayside because they weren't getting traction politically with the climate change narrative so we'll come back to that after the election i'm assuming but Things come and go as it meets political, and I say this all the time, it frightens me when things get politicized that are agendas. And when you politicize an agenda, then bad things happen. I'm not a fan of that. But you have some legitimate climate change well, tech Yeah, and stuff. I wouldn't. This article that I'm bringing you or quoting you from here is going to be the articles based around climate change, but it really is more about producing more energy more electricity. And that that is actually the takeaway for me here because I don't think anybody can argue the fact that we're using more and more electricity. Absolutely. The only reason that we haven't gone up in the last seven or eight years is the conversion of regular lighting to LED. That has actually leveled the playing field for seven to eight years. But if you look at the rate of consumption of electricity moving up to 2013, 2014, the amount of energy that, that, that LED saves is just enormous we're plugging more things in we all have more devices that we're using just look at a smart house the connectivity yeah in every bit of of connectivity is using electricity correct so regardless of how you feel about electric vehicles and even if they're going to get off the where they're at right now and really make a significant impact in the world we're going to use more electricity so this is interesting to me ocean current power the amount of potential energy in oceans currents is five terawatts so that's about five times the energy generation capacity for the whole U.S. So if they can tap into ocean currents, then we basically solve the energy crisis, which is interesting. I read, and this was 20 years ago, maybe, an article on producing electricity from yep. tides. The take of the article, though, what they were going after is how to – because you have to be careful in – if you screw up tides, bad things can happen. So you don't want to screw with Mother Nature too much. Right. But the take on the article was an opportunity to generate energy from, say, a hurricane. We just take a look what happened with Ian down in Florida. Now, if you're able to stop that tide, that flow, whether it's a net system, and that's where they were going because, granted, this was 20 years ago at least, they were looking at, well, we can drop these nets in. It'll stop the current's. And we can change the course of some of these storms. Right. But then it got taken into the electrical production side of that. And now I think they were taking the electricity and running it back onto the storm and dissipating a storm that way was the theory on the paper. But it was fascinating. Yeah. I, my takeaway on it was we can generate a lot of electricity. That oh, my way. goodness. Now, Literally. the question is, it's like 
where do you run those transmission right. lines? How do you get it from point A to where it needs to be consumed? Of course, there's always this talk about, yeah, imagine there are houses that run totally on wireless power. Now, I'm not sure about the health risks of that, but that's the thing. <laughs> You're living in a microwave. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> there was a time when there was a talk of doing a solar array in outer space, and they tethered that to the Earth. So they would be up high enough so that they could have 24-7 sunlight on this solar array, and there was this long-ass cable. <laughs> right now, I don't see their solution being out there that is currently in practice. It, whether it's wind or solar, it, it can't meet the needs of everything that we need. If you're looking at something tidal, but the thing I always worry about, okay, what are the unintended consequences of anything you do? Now, if you screw up currents and tidal patterns and things like that. And if you're that, generating energy from them in a... You're just moving it from one thing to another, right? Energy. We have a finite amount of matter on this planet. It just goes from one form to another. Right. If you take energy away from something, because yep. like I said, that paper I was reading was about mitigating hurricanes, and but it was the energy side of stuff. And great example, if you screw up ocean currents. So think of it in terms of trade winds. I was in Hawaii for some conferences 2014, it was the fall that it was back-to-back hurricanes that almost hit Hawaii. There were no trade winds. Now, there's always a breeze in Hawaii, but there were no trade winds. Mm. They were disrupted because of the three hurricanes, which didn't hit the Hawaiian Islands, but it screwed up the trade winds. It screwed up the weather in Hawaii for a month. So you have to be careful of what you do that might change something. Does it change rainfall? Does it change things like that? Because you're disrupting weather pattern. I'm a little leery of some of the carbon sequestration stuff. Plants need carbon. Okay, so are you changing the climate with carbon sequestration because carbon's not supposed to be sequestered like that? Now you're looking at because of what we're doing over in Europe right now, people are looking at cutting down forests because they can't pay the natural gas bills to heat their house. That's the biggest carbon sink we have. So I'm worried about things like that. Yeah. Now, the title to me is very interesting because it's... I think it is too, and I think that if done properly, it's just another augmentation to what we already have going on, right? You don't want to... You don't want to take all the energy of the ocean, but you could potentially tap a few things here and there that would increase our total energy production without harming things too much. I'm guessing if you put some type of turbine in an area that has significant tidal forces going on and it can spin both ways, I think that would be significant. Anyway, so getting back to the space. You could put up a solar array in space and collect unfiltered solar energy. Right. And then, it's always high noon in space, right? Yeah. This idea was brought forward by Isaac Asimov, the science fiction oh, wow. writer, which I know, you know, every movie, right? Yep, every, every movie. <laughs> I forget the name of the book, but he talked in this science fiction novel about, which I'm assuming was made into a movie at one time, about collecting energy from space and beaming it to Earth. So this book was written in 1941. The book is named Reason, by the way, in which a space station transmits energy collected from the sun to various planets using microwave beams. So between 1978 and 1986, the Congress authorized the Department of Energy and NASA to jointly investigate the concept, basically cable that would be tethered to this huge solar array in space, and that's how they would get the electricity to Earth. Now, moving forward, in 1999... NASA's Space Solar Program, Exploratory Research and Technology Program, or CERT, 
was initiated, and they are now looking at this very seriously. And they actually anticipate that space-powered energy being beamed back to the Earth will have a significant impact in the 21st century as far as our energy consumption goes up. They're using a laser-guided system. Now think of it this way. It's like how many science fiction movies have had a death ray? So that's interesting with this, right? If that laser-guided system was off by even a tenth of a degree, Chicago disappears. But it's, it's interesting to see that this could potentially be a pretty big deal. Thank you for listening to the Tech Ranch with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production. 